Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? This is Matt Johnson. Welcome back to the UX Podcast. Very, very cool and fun episode for you today. We've got Joshua B. Lee. Uh, Josh, as he's otherwise known. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of Joshes out there, so we have to clarify. So Joshua B. Lee is as he's publicly known. He's the founder of Standout Authority. He's the author of the new book, Balance is Bullshit, which you can grab on Amazon. And uh, there's a few things I liked about the conversation. Another, number one, Josh has got this amazing kind of roller coaster entrepreneurial ride that's fun to hear about just all by itself when we talk about kind of the, the turning point essentially that really drove the point home and he needed to figure out this kind of work-life balance thing. And uh, but we also got into some really, really interesting stuff. Uh, the fastest way to uncover our X factors uh, we talked about uh, like Josh's opinion on why we actually shouldn't want to be an entrepreneur for our entire life. And then we talked a little bit about pressure, the pressure that we put on ourselves as entrepreneurs and where that comes from and what to do about it. So there's a bunch of stuff in here. Uh, Josh got such a wealth of experience uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, as he points out uh, kind of partly into the conversation, like he's been a millionaire, not a millionaire, a millionaire again, not a millionaire. So like he's gone through a, a huge roller coaster and, and a lot of different and fun and interesting stuff. He's been a part of some very, very cool businesses. Uh, at one point, we talk about how he's kind of almost like a um, uh, partnering up with companies to help them scale. And so we talked about some of the things that entrepreneurs typically lack when they go to scale because Josh has all of that stuff and has partnered with people in the past to help them scale up. So we talk about his experience doing that, which is really, really good for anyone that's in that stage or looking to get to that stage where we want to start scaling up and we're not sure what we're missing or what the things are that we need to, to get there. Uh, Josh has some great insights on that because he's done it multiple, multiple times, uh, both from the side of just starting his own, but then also partnering with people to help them scale. So there's a bunch of stuff in this interview. So I hope you enjoy it. This is a really run, really fun conversation and make sure to go grab Josh's book at the end uh, and talk about uh, you know getting, getting our life in balance, right? Uh, it's something that um, if we're going to really make an impact on people, we have to take care of ourselves. One of the, the lessons that, hard, that is hardest to learn, I think, for really uh, hard-driven leaders is that at some level, in order to have something to pour out into other people, we have to pour into ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves at, at, at least a level that gives us something to pour into other people. And so there is a level where we have to come to the realization that we can't just keep pouring out into other people. We have to actually take a step back and have some balance in our lives so that we have something to give. So with that said, let's jump in right into the conversation with Josh Lee. So for me, I mean, part of the reason why I do what I do and, and one of the reasons why I like working with, you know, like experts and coaches and consultants and all that is, yeah, like I want to feel like what we're doing is making an impact. I don't want to just help somebody that's building the next app that's going to suck up people's attention and then monetize it for ad revenue. Like that's a great way to build like a, a, a unicorn business if that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day, like what have you, what have you actually done? Yeah, because I look back at my past. I mean, again, we can kind of go back. We can take this over. But when I started, I mean, I was blessed back in 2002, online ad world. And, uh, you know, one of my first clients was MySpace. So we were printing money. I was uh, doing arbitrage and we were doing about three, four million dollars a month. <laughs> Net. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So, you know, been there, done that, yeah. been a millionaire, not a millionaire, been a millionaire, not a millionaire now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you have your different roles, you know, and yeah. it, uh, it adjusts your life. Um, so, yeah. uh, the good thing is now I'm, you know, divorced for three and a half years, but actually getting married in October again. So Congrats. you know, you learn, you learn a lot of things. That's why the book was actually made Whoa. <laughs> to, be able to talk Wait, about explain. all those things. Yeah. I was say, <laughs> explain. What do you mean that that's why the book was made? Well, you look at it, man. I mean, it's, uh, you kind of go into this whole thing of work-life balance and I partied as hard as I worked. Um, yeah. I mean, we were taking, you know, jets out to, um, Las Vegas, doing the whole thing, drinking drugs, whatever, you know, yeah. and having a lot of fun. And it just got burnt out. My entire focus was on the business and making money. That's all it was, was about making money. Okay. It wasn't about anything else. And I finally realized at one point I looked around, I was like, man, I, what's that? What the hell's going on? Um, my relationships are superficial. Mm-hmm. I'm 30 pounds heavier than I've ever been in my life. Um, I have no vision about where I'm going. I just know where I'm at. And it's all about business. And that's when I finally did the switch. And I realized um, I started making an adjustment. And it truly was when I was told that uh, my wife, that we were pregnant, I was like, I have to change. Mm. Um, and this was and nine, I, nine years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, he's turning nine. So a little bit like more eight years ago. Okay. Um, and it was a really big shift because I needed to really be able to kind of adjust everything because it's when I mean, my entire book, which is called, you know, balance is bullshit. How to live an in integrated life is not trying to balance. Balance is so heavy, especially like for women and entrepreneurs as well too. Mm-hmm. But for everyone, it's a heavy word. It's more about integrating these different aspects. So I learned to be able to integrate health, which again, we need to be healthy to be able to be an entrepreneur. You have to, the struggle is real. It's not an easy thing for us to do. Yep. You've got to have relationships, good or bad. When I became um, Maverick 1000, I was one of the earlier members in, I don't know if you know Maverick 1000, not with Yannick Silver. Oh, okay. uh, but they really showed me there were other people like me that wanted to do on, good onto the world and not mm-hmm. just, but make money at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're there to support you and high five you for your, your amazing accomplishments, but at the same time, be there to catch you if you fall mm-hmm. and be like, dude, it's okay. Because a lot of us, we feel as entrepreneurs, we feel just separated from the world. We feel like we're, oh, yeah. we're a one man show. We're isolated and you don't, you're not around other people. So yeah. being able to have that group, that tribe, um, really changed my entire world, man. And it was, I was like, wow, this is great. Because prior to that, honestly, I had most of my previous best friends that I grew up with working with me. Well, they were good to tell me. Really? Yeah, go ahead. That's all. So yeah. wait, so you, you were fortunate to be in the position where like some of your best, like some of your best friends before you were in business were actually in business with you. They were, I, I hired a lot of, a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's awesome. Okay. It was. I was well, like, I, I've been on the other side. I've been, I've been that guy who was like the very first employee in a relatively new company that wasn't one of their, one of their college buddies yeah. I've been on, I've been on the outside and got into the inside. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm not, I, I wish I mean, a lot of those friends really don't, the friendships kind of, I don't talk to those guys anymore. We 2008 kind of hit, um, a lot of them, I mean, I love them to death and I wish them well, but you know, you find a lot of times you're surrounded by people that are there because you're paying, paying them a lot of money. Mm. And they're also happy to work for you not to do their own thing. So you're surrounding yourself with people that you already hang out with mm-hmm. that are okay to work for someone else. So they're not pushing you to go, to do more. 
to be better. And I mean, that's, I was kind of in that circle. So, I mean, once I finally realized, I was like, I needed to have a a friend base that pushed me to be better every single day. And, you know, they, because they were wanting to do better every single day. So that's where relationships kind of come. Vision, it was, when we get so minded, we can't be as entrepreneurs as the business owners. Because again, you want to be able to transition. You, anyone that says, I want to be an entrepreneur my life, entire life, I'm like, man, that sucks. That's rough. <laughs> that's the struggle, man. That means you're in the grind every single yeah. day. Yeah. Eventually, you, want to, you have to, you hope to, transition to a business owner, a business operator, business investor. Because if you're that entrepreneur the entire time, you're hustling 24-7. Guess what? You're going to burn out eventually. Yeah. You can have an entrepreneurial mindset. You just don't want to be the entrepreneur. That's interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because you're you're identifying entrepreneur with essentially the early stages, right? Of, of, right. of a business, like getting a new business off the ground. And you're absolutely right. They, like, you can't not hustle in that phase. Like that's just, it just doesn't work. Uh, I think people underestimate just how much, uh, and obviously Grant Cardone's book is all about this. We tend to underestimate the amount of work it takes to build the momentum. And yeah, it's, it's interesting, like how many people get into, and I did it myself, get into multiple new businesses because it sounds cool. And you think it's, oh, this is just a project. You know, I'm just going to partner up with this person where our strengths kind of complement each other well. And then you look around and you realize, oh crap, I'm in five startup businesses. How the hell did this happen? Uh, and so like, so I've gone through the phase of like shedding, like all these obligations and other projects. Cause then you, once you realize that, Oh, wait a minute, every single one of these takes hustle to build the momentum to get any single one of them off the ground, let alone trying to get all five of them off the ground. But you get around people that have that mentality of there is no balance. We're all just in the hustle as very easy to get sucked into that, uh, of getting involved in too many things. You never build momentum in any one thing. Man, I was, I was that guy. I mean, I luckily had enough and I, I switched a little bit, but at one point I looked back and I was like, wow, I'm running 10 companies at the same time. Oh um, now these companies, these companies ran in from six, yeah, six, seven, eight figures. So, I mean, okay. we did well, but I was able to do that. Well, so through coaching, since, you know, I know we looked at some of the stuff we talked about, you know, how to be able to help coaching. I realized I would rather vet a person than an idea. I believe ideas come and go, yeah. but the right person can really make an idea happen and be able to move them forward. So when I started coaching and working with individuals, I was able to kind of really see inside because I was helping on the scaling aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I could actually see inside of what their idea was. It, it wasn't always just my industry. So that allowed me to see in other people's industries and then see that person and go, you know what? You're young. You've got what I, I believe that person needs to be. I've got the infrastructure in a company. I've got accounting. I've got sales. I've got IT. This is what you need to be able to scale. Let me back you. Instead of giving you money, I'm going to give you infrastructure. We're going to go 5149, mm-hmm. and you run the company. I'll make you the CEO. I'm going to provide the infrastructure, and we're going to move forward. Worked really well. Had a lot of good companies. So, I mean, a lot of my, I only had to deal with my specific, my CFO, my COO, my yeah. CEO, and then the CEOs who, of those who companies. Who is the 51 and 49? No, I always took. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. All right, I, I, it's just one of those pieces. And the way it actually worked is, it was always um, anyone that ever brought in, and we built these new companies out. Um, I, I'll be honest, I kept them as phantom shares. I don't know if you know that that term or not. Hmm. So phantom shares are something that you go into. They don't technically have any voting rights, but once the company sells, they get those shares go into effect. Okay. So that's how it really was. I wanted to be able to help them and help them grow and be able to move forward. But I wanted them to see that, 
look, if you kill it and we go through, because those are the type of companies we're building, we weren't building legacy companies that were going to last for a long time. We we're building to sell. Right. And I mean, that's a big difference on how you start yeah. those companies out. Yeah, um, and each one of those companies were LLCs underneath my escort. So I could actually split them off whenever needed to be able to sell them. Yeah. Um, but after a while, man, it's, as you said, the split, I got to a point where it just, it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. Um, I was over, I, I really didn't feel like I was working cause I had a very good structure in place, mm-hmm. but I, I got to just a, a depression. I was having my own issues within my own personal life. Um, I mean, on the outside looking in, didn't have any money issues, big house, big car, you know, great cars, beautiful mm-hmm. family. Um, and internally it was just, this is where the vision and, you know, being able to connect yourself really kind of comes in. I wasn't there and I finally had to make the decision that I needed to move forward. I wasn't happy and neither was my former wife. Yeah. Um, and I try and use better language now than ex and I try and right. use former. Yeah. Um, and it's, and we, I, you know, did the divorce and lawyers and it was going to take a long time. It was, and honestly, I didn't want to, money is something we can always make more of, mm-hmm. or I felt that I could. Time is something we don't get back. And I said, look, let's, let's walk away from everything. Give it, close everything down, walk away, give her the money and start over. And um, at, at what was it, 35, 36, I'm um, getting a little less than a thousand dollars by name, moving in with my parents. Fun. That's awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Compare, comparably, you heard the story before where, you know, we were making tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, really? it, it was, it was crazy to restart, but it, I, I really was, I was, those companies I was running were just making money. Mm-hmm. You know, we started this conversation like going, yeah. look, how do we actually get involved in companies that are actually doing something? How do we help yeah. other people? Yeah. And totally. so it would allow me to shed those without everyone. Why would you close companies that are making money? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, well, the divorce. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I had to do it, but it gave me an excuse and a reason to be able to kind of move everything forward. And that's where I'm here today, man. And it's, uh, that's yeah. why the book, I wanted kind of people to kind of see the struggles, the things that I was always scared of to be able to tell people mm-hmm. because you have to have this, we all have this perception of how others perceive us. And that's usually what gives us most of the depression. It's not a perception of them or a perception of ourselves. It's our perception of their perception of us. That, that you said puts pressure on us? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, we believe them to think, think of us. Okay. That makes sense. sense. Yep. Makes sense. Hmm. So, you know, that's where a lot of that kind of, so I want to go, look, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a struggle. There's a lot of bad things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I kept on going through. That's what makes us who we are is because we keep on moving forward. Yeah. So that's why now my life, when I get up, I mean, you know, it's, it's all about health, relationships, vision, and then mm. business, because I need all those to be successful in the business aspect of life. Yeah. And I think, so, so here's, I think where a lot of people struggle. Yeah. I think there's a lot of folks that would, they have good intentions and they want to develop every area of their life. Right. However, in order to have both the impact and then to also have the time and the financial freedom to invest the time and energy, mental and emotional energy it takes to move other areas of their life forward. They have to have yeah. one, one thing, which I think a lot of people struggle with, which is yeah. finding the one way in which they're really super valuable to the world to the, right. in a really leveraged way. Like what can you the do superpower. faster? Your superpower. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like what do you consider yours? <laughs> um, I've always, so, 
honestly, one of the best ways to be able to kind of do it is people, you know, oh, what do you consider? Well, you know what? The best th- way to be able to find your superpower is ask the people that know you well. Okay. And um, I'll even reference this because it actually finally clicked when he said this. Because I always believe my superpower was being able to have a conversation with someone, read them, and be able to offer them and help them with what they want. Because hmm. um, again, I, I thought I was able to read people really well. Yeah. Um, that was more my sales thought. Um, when I went back in and a good friend of mine, Ron Lynch, um, it's an amazing individual. He's the reason why you know what GoPro is today. Um, the George Foreman grill. Um, he's been behind the scenes of some amazing products out there. Okay. And he's like, Josh, because I'm going to be honest, you are the best promoter I know. I said, yeah. what do you mean? I said, you know, you think I was, he's like, well, when you meet people or you see their companies, you find the best thing within those and you are great at being able to show them and tell them what the best part of that is and what's going to really connect with everyone else, not only personally, but professionally on their company. So when we go in and how you're able to share that with the world better than anyone I know. All right. So it's a combination of being really, really good at analyzing and identifying strengths and also being, and then being able to then flip the switch and go into like evangelist mode for those strengths. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's so a very that's, good entrepreneurial superpower to have. So coming, you know, that's, I, I love it. Cause I mean, when I sit down with someone I can go through and then I can be able to, and it's not always promoting to the world. Sometimes it's promoting to the person I'm talking to, the oh, person course, I'm consulting yeah. with. And that's the bigger part because you want them to be able to see it. And yeah. you know, I, I think I got that a lot from my mom. She's always been amazing at being able to see the, the silver lining and everything. And that's always been able to allow me, no matter what, what thing was going my way that was good or bad, I was able to see this, the silver lining and be able to focus on that, focus on the good, be positive. And mm-hmm. being able to do that for myself, I was able to then kind of be able to try and share that with others. Yeah. And most people see like, yeah, glass half full, glass half empty. Mm-hmm. Well, man, if it's a glass half empty, that just means there's, you know, a half more glass full for you to fill up with wine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can fill that. I can fill that back up. That's awesome. We got more opportunity. <laughs> That's right. There's more room in that uh, in that wine glass for both vodka and more wine. Exactly. Whatever. Uh, whatever your flavor is. Uh, okay. So let me let me ask you this. Um, yeah. So the so the companies that you were helping to scale. When, when, when they came, when you were able to come along and say, look, let's strike up this deal where we go 51, 49, like I, yeah. I, I am the key. Like I, I know how to scale you and I've got the infrastructure to do it. Right. What was the, uh, what, what skills were they lacking or didn't know that they had that you brought to the table where you were able to help them scale in a way that they couldn't have scaled on their own? What do you think they were missing? And that's with everyone. You have to be able to go through the biggest thing that I've seen with most companies is the infrastructure aspect to be able to try and build a team, be able to figure out where they go and allow that entrepreneur to be able to focus, as you said, in their zone and on their superpower. We have to try and in the beginning part, we try and wear so many hats and we don't know when to hire. Yeah, We're always scared to be able to go, well, I'm making money, but if I, if I hire more people, then I'm going to lose that money. Well, where I was able to go in and be like, look, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on making your money. Mm-hmm. Whatever we make, you're gonna, you, you keep that cash. You keep 50% of that cash. I'm going to go in and I'm going to cover. I'm, I'm going to take care of my own expenses and be able to cover my, you know, my infrastructure and allow you to be able to grow and just focus specifically on what you're doing. Okay. 
So that's one of the biggest things. And I mean, with most of the people I was able to, they were already coaching with me on some basic aspects on how to be able to build their product, build their service, mm-hmm. um, get out the world. Cause I mean, my background was in online marketing. Um, yeah. so, you know, I really spent a lot of time. I've, I've personally managed over a hundred million dollars in ad spend and controlled over 35 trillion online impressions on my servers. Good. Lord. Um, in that time frame, I, I learned there's a big difference between actually clicks and conversions. Mm-hmm. And I actually en- an engagement. And that's yeah. the bigger thing. That's where most yeah. of my company now, Standard Authority, it's all around engagement and teaching people how to engage with others and draw them in rather than ever selling them to begin with. Okay. Now, wh- why do you say that? Because you said there's a big difference between clicks and conversions, which implies that there is a difference in the quality of the people that you are getting to click versus actually the right. people that end up converting, which I've heard other Facebook ad strategists allude to that there's actually a yeah. different set of people a lot of times. So yeah. when you say that you focus on engagement, how does that work and still get the right people that will go to the very end of the funnel? So here's the difference. So my biggest with standard authority that we do now is we work with people specifically on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is an amazing platform to be able to draw in high-end individuals because you look at Twitter's got um, the average income is forty-four thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Facebook's around sixty-six. Um, LinkedIn, last I checked, was one hundred sixteen thousand dollars a year average income. Wow! So yeah. higher disposable income. You're yeah. dealing with educated individuals um, that are fifty percent or more of the people on there have a college degree or higher. And the last uh, LinkedIn just announced the other day, forty-nine percent of all um, decision makers are using LinkedIn. Now I'm not saying okay. on LinkedIn, cause I, I guarantee it's probably 80% of all decision makers are on LinkedIn. Oh, on it. Yeah. But 49% I mean, are actually using it. Right. So when you actually going in there and so we teach a lot of our clients and we actually teach, uh, consult and then also do with them as well to be able to go in to be, how to be able to truly do social selling not just selling on socials. That's where people get everything mixed up. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm going to take my same spammy junk and do the same thing. I'm now I'm going to do it on social. Mm-hmm. No, there, there's no, there's no, def, in the definition of social selling, there's nothing about selling. It's all about educating, informing, and influencing. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and you give that value first and draw people in and the people that engage with your content and you're genuine and teach them, you know, how to connect here's the biggest thing, right? We all, we all forget. We go, Oh, it's B2B or B2C, right? Those are the two main things that people are looking at. Mm-hmm. They forget that the real main thing that people are missing this day is H to H human to human connection. Mm-hmm. Every company, every business, every service is offered by another human being. And so when you actually go in and engage with those humans, like they are, like you would want someone to engage with you, you can draw them in and then go from there. I'm able to set up calls and connect with people that, 90% of traditional outreach would never reach these people because they're not going to answer an email. They're not going to answer a phone call. They're not going to go through your funnel. Yep. And you're able to be able to get these people on the phone faster, quicker because you're offering value and putting them first mm-hmm. and always asking, what are you up to now? And then filling in the blanks when they talk to you about what they're doing. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, from what I've seen and, and I've got a lot of... Um, connections in real estate, which is about a you know, true, true, like hardcore B2C. Yeah. Uh, so these people are a lot of times not on LinkedIn. So you have to go at them through Facebook for the most part. Um, right. Facebook and other, other and there's, you have to have these platforms, right? I mean, I'm not oh, saying LinkedIn is the end all. 
No, I mean, no. Facebook LinkedIn's has one point eight billion people. I mean, it's just that's just the yeah. world that we play in right now. Yeah, it's just it's. I, I think the changes, the changes in the landscape hit B two C first because you see the yeah. shifts in consumer behavior hit uh, consumer buying first, <clears throat> and then they trickle they, they trickle down to biz, uh, business. And what we're seeing, like on the B two C side, is people start to use social media as the shield against yeah. uh, unwanted outreach. From people like us, right? The people that have yeah. something to sell to them, they don't want to hear from us until they know who we are and we have some sort of relationship. So now they're using social media, not necessarily to connect, although there's a little bit of that going on more so on, on let's say, Instagram. So, and, right. uh, so the newer a social platform is, the more the more people are open to new stuff. Like it seems like the older the, the, the platform is, the more insular we get and we start using that as right. a shield to keep out the people that we don't want. So yeah, yeah. Using, using a place like whether it's LinkedIn or, or Facebook, we have to almost like build the relationship there first to the point where they're willing to take a phone call because otherwise they're not going to pick up the phone when we call. Period. Right. We could text them yeah. first and tell them who we are. They're still not going to pick up. So no yeah, way. I'm well, like, I see, I see a lot of my, my friends in real estate in the residential side, especially like cold calling, not as effective, you know, Google AdWords, maybe not as effective. Now they have to go and they actually have to build relationships first, then right. they people on the phone, then they can get an in-person appointment. And so it's really not, to me, it's not a bad thing. It's just really shifted where we spend our, our time and attention and, our, and, and to, to some extent our money. Um, yeah. There's a lot of different ways to spend money. Um, but yeah, I think that like understanding that people are using LinkedIn as, as, a, as a way to keep unwanted people out. And if you can get in through that and you start building a genuine relationship just through chatting on LinkedIn or something like that, yeah. It's, it's, it, as long as you're not afraid to ne- take the next step of actually getting them on the phone and having the conversation, you're you're in. Well, that's the biggest thing. When you're dealing with high-end products and services, I mean, you have to be able to do that. And yeah. that's the people, they're like, oh, well, you're not going to send to a digital. They don't want to go through your funnel. They don't want to go to your landing yeah. page. They don't want to go to your squeeze page, any of these things like that. They want to be able yeah. to talk to someone. And, you know, that's what we kind of do. I mean, it's funny you talk about real estate. We've got a couple clients now that we're going through and helping them. It's all about the education aspect. Because a lot of, their, I mean, everyone that runs companies has businesses and you can target down to at least a zip code on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And when you're actually leveraging, because their entire algorithm is all based on engagement, an engagement platform around, um, have you ever heard of the SSI score? Uh, I don't think so. So that's their, that's their social selling index they use to be able to really adjust their algorithm. And okay. if you actually understand it, if you ever use that, and they, they reward you on how you engage, how you post, how you like, how you comment, how you how you share, how you engage in conversation, you know, with everyone else. And that's what they're trying to be able to do. They're trying to push that engagement because so many times you see on Facebook, people like your post, they move on. Mm-hmm. Well, like we go in and we're like, look, who they've liked. I don't care if they viewed your post or viewed your video. I want to talk to someone that's actually liked, comment, or share it. They've shown true engagement. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to thank them first for even doing that personally. Yeah. Yep. And so it's, there's less automation. So people go, oh man, well, I can't automate. You know, a lot of times if you ever grow the biggest business, you don't automate out the gate. You have to go to the, the, the slow part and understand what people want and need to be able to reach these type of clients. So we kind of go through that yeah. whole piece. And then it's very quick. It's amazing how quickly I was doing an interview with a friend of mine, Kurt Mala, yesterday. And he's like, how fast do you, can you get a, um, someone on the phone? I'm like, we've actually went through the process within 24 hours. Yeah, to be able to get someone on a phone that usually you could not get on a phone call with, yeah, if totally. you do it correctly and you make it 100 percent about them. Hmm. I like it. 
Yeah, I was talking and going back to what what people wish they had. Um, you know, I was talking with a yeah. friend of mine that owns a digital agency out here in San Diego, and we work with just run in a lot of the same circles. The business coaches and consultants are all their yeah. strategic partners, right? Referral partners. And what everybody wants is the holy grail, which is the funnel that converts into a high ticket coaching or consulting client without having to get them on the phone. Yeah. And I think the days of that, if they ever existed, I, you know, maybe they didn't, maybe they've always right. gone to a sales team and the sales team closes, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely not. I think that day, if there, if there ever was one, it's definitely past us, if that makes sense. And then the real big influencers, which a lot of them are my clients, um, mm-hmm. probably a lot of people, you know, um, you know, we actually go through and they're realizing that and we actually help them be able to get these people on the phone. I mean, they're yeah. the people they're working with. I mean, they're, are selling five, 10, hell. I mean, we have one client that has a hundred thousand dollar a year product. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we kind of go through and do and be able to help them reach. Um, you know, I mean, I, what do you think is the cutoff as far as what you can sell through a well-built funnel, uh, versus having to get somebody on the phone? And is there, especially as it, as it relates to like getting somebody on the phone with someone versus right. The guy, the influencer, right? The influencer. Um, so you look at these. I mean, the funnel aspect. I mean, we've I've done funnels for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think you can easily pitch, pitch products are a lot higher. It depends on who you are and how long you've been doing it. I mean, that truly is a big factor. I mean, if, yeah. if you got a name and you're actually going in as an affiliate, if someone pushing you out and it's an affiliate play, mm-hmm. the offer can be much higher because now you have someone vouching for you to be able to come in. That um, makes sense. So these all, all these factors kind of come into play. It's yeah. not a straightforward, but I, I think for any funnel, I mean, up to a $2,000 offer, I think it's fine within a funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, once you go over that, um, I think uh, you really kind of need to use the phone call. And, you know, if you've got a good team and they know what's going and you, they've been positioned enough and there's enough content that's going out there and enough con- connection prior to the phone call, mm-hmm. you can have... Anywhere, anyone come in, I'd say up to, you know, $10,000 a month, if not a little bit higher, to be able to have a, someone on the, on the team that we've seen personally and be able to go in and be able to offer that product to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I mean, I really think that you need that influencer. And someone's going to pay you over 10 grand a month, 15, 20 grand a month. If you don't feel you have the time to take 15 minutes with someone, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be <laughs> selling that product anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it reminds me of yeah. when I was in advertising, I had this one guy come to me, Josh. Okay. I said, it was Josh. All right. You help me find these people. I'm looking for companies that are generating six figures um, a month or more. I said, yeah, we can find that. And, you know, we do enough traffic. There's those clients we, we run across. He's yeah. like, awesome. He goes, my coaching, I coach those entrepreneurs, those companies on how to double their income on a monthly basis. I said, wow, that's great. I go, how much does it cost? It was $10,000 a month. I said, great. We can definitely be able to help you be able to find those clients to go, look, you know, this is the advertising world. I said, look, we require at least a $10,000 retainer to be able to, you know, ad spend to start off. Yeah. He's like, well, man, I don't have that. Could I, um, can you do one sale for me and I'll let you keep the first sale to pay for the first $10,000? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) You're going to help companies that are making six figures a a month double their income for 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And you don't have 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the craziness of the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. God. And this is the problem with the That's coaching right. world. I hate people that go through and don't do what they, they don't even do what they don't to tell other people how to do it. If you haven't done it, if you don't do it yourself, 
it's ridiculous for you to try and tell someone if you haven't done it yourself, like people used to go, Josh, you know, why don't you coach people in the, you know, nine figure range or higher? I said, never run a nine figure business. What, how do I, how can I help them? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had one eight figure business. Cool. I can help people in that world. Mm-hmm. But most times I work with people that are, you know, six or seven on a coaching side. Um, that's just what is the best way to be able to do it. Now, Standard Authority, we do look for companies in a little bit higher range mm-hmm. uh, just because what we're trying to accomplish with them. But okay. anyone that goes in, it's like a, a fat trainer, right? Telling you they're going to teach you how to lose weight. Yeah. We've all heard it. And it's like, <laughs> really? I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's uh, unless you're, um, unless you're Tony Robbins, uh, like there's, there's, there's a few select people out there <laughs> that, a, that a billionaire will pay you to coach them. If you haven't been a billionaire yet. Uh, and Tony that, Robbins. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta be, you gotta be the right person. Oh man. Yeah. But I mean, Tony was doing it for 20 years before anyone even realized who he was. I mean, that's the whole thing. He put the time in. I mean, if you add up all the money and time and effort he spent, it probably equals up to something. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's probably yeah, it's <laughs> figures or something like that. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, you know, that's what I look at. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll I get off honor, topic. I just honor your yeah. time. Yeah. I was going to say we could, yeah. we could go all day. I feel like, um, so you, you mentioned a little bit on who your ideal client is, but, but spell it out. So if anybody's in the audience and they're like, yeah, that's me. And they know to reach out to Josh, how do they know that, that, that it's them? So, I mean, you know, I've got two sides of me. I've got the balance of the bullshit. You know, if you're an entrepreneur doing six figures and you're, you've kind of hit that, you know, wall, that, that plateau, and you just feel like you're just not living that one life. I mean, I always tell everyone, look, if we don't live two separate lives, just like we don't have two different personalities. If you dig, you'd be locked up in a, in a crazy cell. You have one life. You need to live it that way. So, I mean, if you feel like you're having to live a separate life, that's the type of client I want to work with. Because, again, they... They're wanting to do more. They're wanting to be more, but they, they get that in their mind, this whole work-life balance. And they're just, they're just kind of just there now. They're not really enjoying what they're doing anymore. So that's the kind of entrepreneurs that I love to work with in regards to the mindset aspect. Hmm. Um, on standing authority, um, we work with any, most companies, influencers and companies that are, you know, usually in that two to $50 million range okay. that are offering products or that have products or services that are, at least three, $4,000 a month and higher um, and are looking to be able to offer. And I mean, this is my big thing. If you're going to come to me and go, you know what? I've got this product. It's going to make a ton of money. I'm like, cool. Good luck with that. Okay. If you're like, look, I've got this product service. I really feel like I can be able to help people help this world and be able to help others. I'm your guy. I'll help you do that. I'll mm-hmm. help you find those clients, those high end individuals that you need that is going to be able to benefit. I've got two kids, man. I want to make this world better for them. And the more I help, I can only do so much personally, but the more people I help that are trying to do the same thing to be able to make this world help us all rise up together, the better I can be able to make it for them. So that's my client, man. I mean, it's like one, you know, the the two first things, ever before you even hit thing, can I hang out with you? Can we have a drink? And two, what are you doing for this world? What's your private service actually doing to help others? Mm -hmm. If it's just to make money, there's a ton of people out there that'd be able to help you with that. I'm not your guy. Yeah. Yep. I love it. And, uh, and there's, there's a lot of people that'll end up listening to this interview that that'll resonate with. Cause the, the whole thing about UX is not only just um, the exponential freedom, but the exponential impact. And, and you mentioned yeah. just the fact that there's only so much you can do yourself. And I think that's a big, that's a big hurdle for anybody that's in the entrepreneurship world, because obviously we're, we're used to being like kind of in control. 
Yeah. But the most impact isn't made through direct control. The most impact is made by raising up other people who can then go out and impact more people than we can directly. So yeah, yeah. I, I love that approach. And, and that's kind of the same approach that I've taken with my business uh, where we help um, a very like a similar client profile for a lot of the same reasons. I want to know that the content that we're helping them put out into the world actually has a positive impact. And, right. uh, and that's where I get my sense of impact. Um, you know, that's, that's I where I get the satisfaction from the business. Um, so yeah, very, very fortunate to, to come to that realization without having to go through, it sounds like quite as much as you did, but you had a really fun ride, uh, along the way to, uh, to getting to that place where you really focus more on impact. Oh yeah, man, it is. And I mean, here's the thing. If, um, you know, if anyone ever wants to learn about LinkedIn, I mean, I share everything that I teach and do online. I mean, I know you've seen a lot of my articles. You know, I'm posting on once a week. I try and give as much as possible to others because, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to be able to do it, you can do it. Go ahead. Try and do it. I mean, if you want to do it with someone else and be able to get there faster, I'm, I'm happy to be able to help you as well. But I want to be able to share because I always believe that's the biggest thing. Yeah. To be able to share as much of our knowledge as possible. People are like, oh, I can't share my IP. Someone's going to steal it. <laughs> there is there's, there's practically no such thing as ip anymore anyway yeah i'm like look you know so be it you know what that means they're trying to be like you that's a great compliment that means you're doing something well yeah so allow them to be able to take it and run with it and you can look back and go cool i helped some people out yeah it's true love it yeah all right. Well, uh, oh, and then, so balance is bullshit. So the book, what, what's the best place for people? Do you want them to go to Amazon? Do you want them to go to the site? You know, I mean, most times I would tell them just to go to Amazon. Um, you can search, it'll be under Joshua B. Lee. Um, I have to use that. There's a center at some point that uh, had the same name as me. So, you know, with SEO and everything else, you kind of figure out. So professionally, I am Joshua B. Lee. But um, yeah, I see the book is on Amazon and uh, I think this is the best place. It's I look at it this way, go get the book, whatever's easiest for you. Um, you know, I can run you down the funnel and be able to do all this other stuff. I'd rather people just have the book. The book's not a money-making opportunity for me. Yeah. It's, a, it's a way I did this book more for me than for anyone else because mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to get this off my chest and be able to share with others what allowed me to find success and happiness. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done-for-you podcasting service. Uh, that is my agency that I'm building and growing, and I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at PursuingResults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine and we'll see you on the next episode.